Well, good morning, everyone, or whenever it is that you're joining us today. Welcome to K2. Uh, my name is Mike Rutledge. I'm the Director of Arts and one of the teachers here, and really excited as we're kicking off a new series today. Actually, maybe it's an unseries, as over the next few weeks, we're just allowing the teachers here to uh, teach on something that we believe God has laid on our hearts and unconnected from week to week. So, uh, yeah, maybe it's better called an unseries, but the series is called From the Heart, and we're just going to be sharing, like I said, from our hearts. Before we dive into that today, though, thanks for joining us. Uh, We're just excited to be able to share this time together, however it is. And uh, before we do that, though, I just want to give you a strong encouragement or admonition. If you weren't able to view the last two weeks' messages, I just want to tell you that I, I... I feel personally like it's really, really essential for all of us uh, to go back and look at those as we explored a super important topic of how we can join God in fighting against racism. It's a growing problem here in our world. We know that. And uh, we spent a couple weeks talking about that. And uh, we need to understand how we can take an active role in being part of a solution to a, this problem. So... Take a look at those. Today we're kicking off, uh, like I said, this new series. And what I want to do is I want to look at God's design for relationships to flourish based on a really simple, not necessarily easy, but a simple uh, solution and a simple principle. And I'm calling this principle being a fast listener and a slow talker. You know, misunderstanding can be really, really frustrating. It can make us infuriated at times. It can actually be more than that, though. It can actually be quite damaging to our relationships. When we can't communicate well, it's a problem. And so I want to look at that today. And, you know, even think of what's going on today uh, in 2020. You know, it's we're quarantined with uh, COVID-19 and... We're closer and more connected and more around each other in our families, in our houses. And so being able to communicate well and understand each other is important. But then even on a bigger scheme, when you do look at what's happening with racial tensions growing and the riots and so much going on, I actually believe at the core of the problem with race uh, racism is uh, an inability to understand other people. And so uh, I, this is super, I believe, important. And so... Uh, And we've all experienced this, whether we've been the one who is uh, misunderstood or we're the one who's misunderstanding. Either way, it becomes frustrating. And, uh, you know, even on a lighter note, you can, when you think about communication and misunderstanding, we not only get upset and frustrated with each other, we can get upset and frustrated with inanimate objects. You know, we have smartphones now, and uh, I... I, (laughs) We all know at some point, if you're an owner of a smartphone, you've, been, you've yelled at your phone, right? And whether it's Siri or whether it's an Android, whatever it is, I, I thought it'd be kind of on a lighter note, fun to take a look at some Siri fails. Look at this first one. All I want to do is turn off my music, right? So I tell Siri to shut up my music and she tells me it's not nice. So I make my music quiet. Sorry, I can't help. I turn off my music, I'm a little more frustrated now, and she says, I'm playing all songs. That's kind of like the ultimate Siri going, oh yeah? You're going to tell me what to do? Nah, I'm going to do it. Here's another one. Siri, you need to do a better job of understanding me. See, we want to be understood. 
She says, noted. Yeah, make a note of that. So here's your note of that. <laughs> yeah, that's like her going, you, yeah, I got your note right here, right? And then uh, this one just is a bad attitude. Hey, Siri, play a good song. And she says, sorry, I couldn't find a good song in your music. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't know what good music is. Well, it's, it's you know, funny when we can laugh about uh, miscommunication, but the reality is it's a pretty big deal. And actually, research has shown repeatedly that relationships thrive when communication is healthy and relationships suffer when communication is unhealthy. And as uh, there was a recent study of 50,000 married couples, and what they found in this study was that the number one predictor of marital happiness, the number one predictor of marital happiness was communication. In other words, if you wanted a happy marriage, the key was being able to communicate. And if you have, are not able to communicate, it's likely that you won't have a happy marriage. Now, it's, it's, we've all been involved, like I said, in these conversations and these misunderstandings. Maybe it's with a boss, a spouse, a boyfriend, girlfriend, brother, sister, uh, neighbor, whoever. And it, it, it's not a fun thing. You know, it's, it's it, like I said, it's really frustrating. And it becomes really evident in some of these conversations where you realize the other person isn't fully engaged. You know, maybe they're on their phone when they're talking to you or they're thinking, their mind is drifting. You get done saying what you're going to say and they come back with something like, oh, wait, wait uh, what? What did you say? And you realize they're not connected. They're not going to understand me. And instead of this conversation bringing you closer together, it's now driven a wedge and resentment can start to build and frustration and your relationship ends up being a little further apart than it was before the conversation began. And so what I want to do today is look at how we can avoid those outcomes with this really simple principle that I talked about that we find in God's word. And here's the great news about all this, that we're not the first people to have to deal with this. And actually, God's Word has tons to say about this. And I want to look at the book of James, uh, where it talks directly about this and where I get this principle from. And uh, just, just so you know, James was written by, uh, by James, Jesus' younger brother. It's written about 45 AD, so maybe 12 or so years after uh, the death of Jesus. James has become the leader of the Christian church at this point, and he, he writes uh, this book to Jewish believers. And uh, many people refer to James as the Proverbs of the New Testament because it has this real moralistic teaching style that is trying to help others reach these moral standards and behavior. And it focuses on a faith that views hard trials as an opportunity to be drawn closer to Christ and each other. So when, even in these, when we miscommunicate, that is an opportunity for us to be drawn closer, not driven further apart. And, you know, here's what's really cool about the Bible. It's not like this book was written in 45 AD, but it wasn't just written to people who live in 45 AD. It's relevant today. It addresses prejudice, social injustice, wisdom, humility, dependence on God, in our tongue, and how all of that works together to bring us closer in our relationships and closer to God. And so today, I'm going to dive right in to the first chapter of James, verses 19 and 21, to take a look at this. And it goes like this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Let's stop right there. This is like him saying, hey, 
If you write things down, write this down. Or this is going to be on the exam. Pay attention to this. This is super important. It's a red flag waving. So brothers and sisters, take note of this. Next word, everyone. So this isn't everyone else. This means me and you. And here's what's cool about a lot of the biblical principles, that if you can just envision, if everyone was adhering to these principles perfectly, we would have a perfect world. And so he says, take note of this. Everyone, everyone what? Well, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. So take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I think of it this way. We have two ears, one mouth, and a thousand emotions, and he wants to talk about those. So, Be quick to listen. So we need to, point one is be a fast listener. We have two ears and one mouth, which means we should probably be listening twice as much as we're talking. And we need to understand from the get-go that this actually fights our human nature, even our design, right? With two ears and one mouth, (laughs) we want to talk a lot and we want to be heard more than we want to listen and more than uh, we want to be quiet. And you just realize this, that if this wasn't an issue then, and if it wasn't an issue today, he wouldn't have said, take note. So this is pretty important stuff. Will Rogers famously says this, Congress is so strange, a person gets up to speak and says nothing. Nobody listens, and then everybody disagrees. They've already started arguing over who will be the speaker at next year's conventions. What they better worry about is who is going to listen. See, our human nature desires and craves being understood and heard way more than it seeks understanding and listening. And the result of that desire is that we become fast talkers and slow listeners. As a matter of fact, there's even a a law. It's called Brinkley's Law. And it says, if there's any way something can be misunderstood by someone sometime, somehow, it will be misunderstood. So since we know that there's going to be misunderstanding, this verse is telling us that I, everyone, but I need to take it upon myself to make sure that I clarify what I likely misunderstood. See the difference? I don't try and prove where you're wrong. I need to understand how I dropped the ball in the communication. And, uh, you know, if I assume that the other person is in error, what, you know, what happens is I become a fast talker, not a fast listener. I become a slow listener, and that creates more problems. Andy Stanley was sharing, and this is uh, one of my favorite uh, preachers to watch, and he, he says this, imagine, you know, well, let me, let me say this first. When I have conflict with my kids, for instance, typically this is what goes on in my head. Hopefully it doesn't come out of my mouth, but what goes on in my head is this idea. I think, listen, I have age, I have wisdom, I have knowledge, I have insight, I've seen this movie played out a bunch of times, I've dealt with this with your parents, and so since clearly you're not understanding me, I'm going to grace you with the goodness of me correcting your wrongness, and you're just going to be able to absorb all my excellence. 
And while I'm doing this very thing with my kids, my kids are thinking, you know what? You don't understand me or my friends or my world. You know, you're old. Things have changed since you you were my age. And I don't want to hear about your values. So I want to tell you how it is for me now. Well, what's just happened in that moment of conflict and misunderstanding is since both of us are seeking to show the other person the error of their way, we don't make any progress. But just imagine if in conflict with your kids, you were able to say, or your kids were able to say to you, Mom, Dad, I don't really get your point. I... I, uh, I don't get your point of view, and maybe you could help me understand it uh, by saying it another way, because I really want to make sure I understand this. And imagine if, if, if as my children were talking to me in these conflicts, I was able to say, hey, I really want to know what you're thinking, and, and, and I'm not quite sure I get it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really important to me, because it's been a long time since I was your age, and things have changed a lot. Can you help me see it through your eyes? In that very moment of taking the understanding, slow talker, fast listener approach, I've taken away any or at least some of the conflict and been able to try and communicate on a deeper level. See, the one thing we need to understand, and this is super, super valuable for us to realize, is that everything someone says... Everything someone says makes sense to them in their head, no matter how crazy it seems. Right? So when you're thinking thoughts like, how in the world can they think that? How in the world can they expect that of me? How in the world can they believe that's a good thought? What you need to realize is that the one who doesn't understand is you. And since you don't understand, your job is, is to seek to understand rather than trying to correct their, their wrong thinking. Love this story. A man was uh, getting frustrated with some of the communication with his wife, and so he decided to conduct a little experiment with her without her knowing, as a matter of fact. And one night, she was sitting in her chair across the room with her back to him, and as he stood away from her, he whispered, Can you hear me? And she didn't respond, so he moved about a third of the way closer. Quietly, he got in position, he said it again, Can you hear me? No response the second time. Again, he moved closer yet again and whispered the same thing. No response. Till the fourth time when he's practically standing right behind her in her chair, and he whispers, Can you hear me? Finally, she responds and says, For the fourth time, yes. You see... When we assume that the other person is the problem, we eliminate the ability for us to correct the problems in ourselves, And that's super important in being able to have good communication and healthy relationships. So a couple quick things on how to be a fast listener. First, pay attention and be present. Pay attention. If, you're, if your mind is wandering, if your brain is not involved in the conversation, if you're not present, if you're on your phone, if you're thinking other thoughts, queuing up your next answer, you will not be able to understand because you're not present 
and you're not aware of what's happening. That's the first. The second is this. Clarify misunderstanding. You see how this verse starts? It says, everyone should be slow to speak, meaning I need to seek to understand first. And I need to understand how I don't understand. I need to figure out what I'm not getting, right? First. So clarify misunderstanding. And then the third thing is to listen more than you talk. Use your two ears in proportion to your one mouth. And try and ask questions. Figure out why there's miscommunication. Figure out why you don't see the other person's point of view. Super important. But he goes on to say, not only should you be slow to listen, but you should be, uh, not only should you be a fast listener, but you should be a slow talker. Now, we have to first slow the roll, de-escalate. There's a lot of steps that we can take, but in order to be a slow talker, Notice it, it doesn't say be a no talker. It says be a slow talker. So talking is not, it's not that you can't say anything, but I want us to just look at this. This too fights our human nature, right? Uh, because we want to defend ourselves. We want to lash out. We want to prove ourselves. We want to redirect or impress each other. So the way we do that is by speaking things and helping them see how you know, we're right or, 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 or we've got this figured out. But the reality is we get ourselves into trouble when we become fast talkers. And instead of being a slow talker, you know, we, we create problems. How many, you know, every, probably every one of us have said something that the very second you've said it, you wish you could reach out and grab it in the air and pull it back and retract the statement. Or maybe you didn't realize it until the next day, next week, next month, whatever, but you wish you just could push this rewind button. And maybe, you know, after you've said something, you try and cover it up or make it better by saying more words and become a faster talker, creating a deeper hole that you're digging yourself into, all the while wishing you could just hit a rewind button. And here's what we need to understand. This is really, really important. We don't have a rewind button. God didn't give us a rewind button. He gave us a pause button, which is why he tells us to be a slow talker. Pause first. When... Susie and I were married, uh, you know, a bunch of years ago. We lived in Michigan. We bought our first house and moved to this neighborhood and had a group of really close uh, friends that lived in that neighborhood. And uh, we'd hang out together all the time. And my friend Brian, a very hilarious, hilarious guy, uh, was one of those friends in the group. And But the prob- one problem he had is that too often he would say things that were intended as funny, but they weren't really well thought out and they ended up not being funny. And so one day he said something and is intended as a joke, but it just didn't go over that way. And when he got done, one of us said to him, hey, Brian, do you, you know, do you even know what's going to come out of your mouth before you start talking? And he said, no way, brother. I'm hearing it with you for the first time which is really funny, but it's actually a problem. And we said to him, okay, I want to tell you something. You need to install a self-editor. And it goes like this. You have a thought. You process what's going to happen if you say that. Then you decide whether you should say it or not say it. And it became kind of a running joke to the point where after he would say something that he knew he shouldn't have said, that he didn't process, he would say, self-editor. Well, that's what being a slow talker is, being able to slow ourselves enough to give valuable communication. You know, uh, 
Demi Lovato, who's just a brilliant musician, she says this, and I believe it's true. She says, people say sticks and stones may break my bones, but names can never hurt. She goes on to say, but that's not true. Words can hurt. They hurt me. Things were said to me that I still haven't forgotten. And why we need to be careful with our words is because once they're said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. So, pause. And here's what I want to do. I just, for a quick second, I want to look at the Old Testament version of Proverbs, which is Proverbs, and look at a couple verses. Look at this first one. It's in chapter 10. It says this. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And prudent just means sensible or wise. The more, basically he's saying, the more words, the more transgression. But the guy who can restrain himself is wise and sensible. And then in chapter 12 of Proverbs, he says, some speak rashly, which means harshly, impulsively, suddenly. Some speak rashly, like a cutting of a sword. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And, oh, but, but what the wise say promotes healing. So harsh words, injury, the wise say things that are healing. And then in chapter 17, he says, Even a fool who keeps silent is considered to be wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. We've all heard the adage, better to be silent and believe the fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Well, this proverb is going a step further and saying, you can actually be believed to be intelligent just by keeping your mouth closed. And then a restatement of this whole principle of fast listener, slow talker is in chapter 18 where it says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. A fool doesn't want to understand, but only in expressing his opinion. And I think it's important for us to have this gauge. And I think I want to give you a couple thing, ways to evaluate if you're being a fast talker in a situation, or maybe in general, you're just a fast talker and you're not, not a, 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 a slow listener or, or slow talker, and it is this. The first, do you ask yourself these questions? Do you always need to be the first to respond? Do you need your voice to be heard first? Or maybe you need to make the closing statement on everything. Or do you need, is it imperative that your opinion is heard? Because if it is, there's a good chance you might be fast talking. Or have you used your self-editor? <laughs> have you thought and processed? Have you hit the pause button? Have you sought to understand before speaking? Or are you just queuing up your next response? Because if you're just queuing up your next response, you're probably a fast talker. Have you asked any questions? Are your comments rash, hasty, and sudden? Those are cues that you're being a fast talker. Have you ever chosen just to be silent even though you have something you could say? That's probably a sign that you're not being a fast talker. And here's one that you really have to be aware of. If you've ever had this thought, oh yeah, well, and then I'm going to say something, I'm going to promise you, probably every time you have that chain of thought, you're fast talking. So how can you be a slow talker? How can you, how can you be a slow talker? A couple quick things. First, just push pause. Push pause. But, when you speak, A, speak God's words. 
And what are God's words? Well, we read it in Proverbs. God's words are wise, prudent, and sensible. And it says in James, as we carry on at the end of that passage, 19 through 21, it says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And here, again, pay attention. It says, therefore, meaning connected to what I just said. What did I just say? I just said, be a slow talker. Be a fast listener. Based on that, I need you to get rid of the moral filth and the evil that's inside of you. Why? Because when we have that, those bad motivations, we won't be a fast listener. We won't be a slow talker because we'll be concerned about looking right and appearing right or winning or, or being right. So, speak God's words, which are wise, prudent, and sensible. Second thing is to be humble. He goes on to say, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Humbly is not concerned about proving that you're right. And it says, accept the words planted in you. Well, what are the words planted in you? Well, if you've received Jesus into your life, you've received his words, and his words were to do unto others as we've, you know, as we want done to us. And what do we all want? Well, we all want to be understood. So if I want to be understood, I should treat you with the same respect of Helping you make sure that you are understood. And I've heard what you have to say and I get it. So be humble. The third is to be content. Later in the book of James chapter 4, he says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but you do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. What don't you have? I don't have your understanding. And since I don't have your understanding, I'm going to quarrel and fight with you at the cost of losing the relationship. Be content with understanding each other. Third, be assertive again. I go back, or fourth, be assertive. And I go back to this point again, which it's not be a no talker, just be a slow talker. And it's unfair to expect others to know what I want if I haven't stated that, right? So just assertively, Express what you desire and then listen to understand. We get frustrated sometimes when we want something and we don't feel like we're getting that from the person we're talking to, but we have to understand if we've never asked for it, it's not fair to expect. Then fifth is be reasonable. And look at this, he says in in chapter 4, 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasure. See, if the whole point in me asking you, now I've just said be assertive, but if my whole point in asking you is only because I want something for me and I'm going to do it all for me and I have no consideration for you, then I'm not going to have a healthy relationship. And not a single person listening to this or anywhere in the world has a healthy relationship where you're always about yourself or the other person is always about themselves. So, use those to help you be sure you're a slow talker. And then it goes on to say this, though. When you are, a, be, be slow to angry, to become angry. We have a thousand emotions inside of us. And this one's kind of interesting because it's not only talking about the fact that this is a directive be slow to become angry, but it's also a byproduct of the first two. If we can be a fast listener and a slow talker, we can keep our anger from escalating, right? See, anger can escalate bad situations and it can turn good or neutral situations into bad situations as well. And when we're acting out of our anger when we're motivated by our anger, we end up making choices 
that are bad for us. And what does he say? He says, be slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And what does righteousness that God desires? Righteousness, or another way of saying righteousness is rightness. So if it's not producing rightness, what's it producing? Wrongness. Anger doesn't produce rightness, it produces wrongness. So keep your anger in control so that you can produce rightness. And when we're acting out of our anger, we begin to say things to get even, or we, begin, we say things to hurt, or we react out of our hurt, or we don't push pause, because I got to get even. I'm going to show you a little math problem that I think is going to be pretty helpful for us. And it's this, two math problems. The first is this. Fast listener plus slow talker equals slow to anger. Fast listener plus slow talker equals slow to anger. Let me show you another one, and it's this. Fast talker plus slow listener equals fast to anger. See, the more I seek to understand, the more I'll listen and the less I'll talk. And the easier it will be for me to not get angry. And the easier it will be for others to not get angry, which leads to better relationships. The reverse as well. The calmer I stay, the easier it will be for me to listen in those moments. So, in those moments, here's what I would say to you. Seek God's plan and direction and ask the Holy Spirit to do a couple things. The first is this. Holy Spirit, give me your ears to hear and understand what the other person is saying. Give me your ears. Help me hear with your ears. Holy Spirit, give me your words. Words that are prudent and wise and sensible. Words that bring healing. Give me your words. And then third, Holy Spirit, fill me with your love for others to remove anger, which heals our relationships. So the band is going to play one closing song, just a tremendous song. And maybe during this time, listen to these words. You may want to take a few minutes to reflect. Maybe you're going to ask God to reveal to you an area in your life where you're not being a fast listener or you're not being a slow talker or your anger is running away with you or a relationship that's gone bad because of this. Ask God to reveal that. And then maybe we just want to pray and just ask God to move into that moment and help us be fast listeners and slow talkers who are slow to become angry. Listen to this. (laughs) 